Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Welcome to the new school where we kick off the old is new, where loving God and loving people is a new thing. That sometimes if you want to get to where you're supposed to go, you got to go back into the old roots and study the ancient because in it you'll find where you're supposed to go. Like history repeats itself. You've seen those trends? And I think sometimes as Christians, you know, we're picking up a little bit that somehow God needs to be so relevant to be so good. That God has to be packaged a certain way, and we, and we, we kind of feel insecure that somehow we have to only show um, a person who doesn't know Jesus yet, we got to show them the best of our portfolio. And here's what I mean by that. All right. Hey, um, I want to show you how awesome Jesus is. Have you seen Lecrae? Like, he don't even talk about, you know, in his new stuff, he's not talking about Jesus like crazy, but you got to you find it. Just check him out. I mean, he did a feature with these one cat. He, you know, he's Big Cray. He did a song with Big Cray. You know, and you're doing everything possible to try. And there's a time and a place for that. So you got to hear me. Like, I, told, I love relevancy. I love that we see through the lens of 2017 here because that's the year we're living in at City Life. It is so important that we're aware of what year we're in, right? And I do understand that too often we've stayed dated in an era, but the gospel, here's what I want us to get this morning. The gospel transcends every era. It was great then. It's great now. It's great. It's going to be, and you know, you can't add or take away from it. It is finished, That we can't add or take away from what Jesus did. And that's what's so great. To tell somebody that they're loved by God, they have purpose, and that no matter how far they've ran or how broken they are, they can find new love and hope in Jesus Christ. And he loves them more than anything could anyone could even possibly imagine, think or believe or dream. And all their hurts and all their worries that God wants to make them new. That's still good. That's better than any song. I mean, that's better than movies, right? It's better than the IMAX and the space in the chairs. You know, you can, now it's so good in the aisle row at the movies that you can recline and walk by. You remember the day? Does anyone have a small bladder? Yeah, I'm like that guy. I just wanna, I, you know, I just say, I drink water a lot. Well, I don't know, I just gotta go pee a lot. I just wanna get out, like, like I wanna sit in the aisle. Now you can just walk by and be like, you know? It's awesome. God is better than that. He's better than all the new advancements. So welcome to the new school where the old is new, where loving God and loving people is a new thing, right? Come on. Where we care about this vertical relationship with God and horizontally how it affects people. We got to get this right. Now, our childhood, we we had this golden era, many of us, you know, back in the day, back in the day. Even my son, my son started to pick it up. He goes, dad, was that back in the day? Back, and he was talking about something like maybe seven years ago. I'm like, oh, okay, yep, I'm 37. And, uh, you know, 20, 2008, and he's like, was that back in the day? I still can't believe we're in the year 2000. Anyone who grew up in 70s, 60s, or 80s, uh, 2000 felt like Jetsons are coming, Jesus is coming, and a- aliens might invade the planet. And so the fact that it's 2017 is still, it's hard to grasp because 1999 felt like that was it. 
right? And now here we are, and we got all this free time. It's extra granted. We're, you know, a grace extended period. Thank you for the bonus coverage, Jesus. And one day he is coming back, and AI won't rule. He, they're going to bow too. Robots will bow. It's going to be awesome. Jesus is coming back. Well, back in the day, let's just go back in the day for a minute. What was your favorite candy? What was your fa- first thing that came to mind? Growing up as a kid, what was your first thing that came to mind? Come on. What do you got? Don? Butterfingers? That's good. They're still around today. What else you got? Come on. Clark Bar. Never heard anybody say that, but that's awesome. Thank you, Nancy. <laughs> what else we got? Over here. What? Baby Ruth. That was good. That Baby Ruth. You, you just said bonkers? Dude, you're going to make me cry. I, I'm seriously. I, I knew I loved you, but now it's to another galaxy. I said this at the 930, so I said I've never heard anybody say bonkers. I don't even me- I've never met anyone who's had them, but they were my favorite candy. Praise God, we're done. Amen, we can go home. I met someone. But bonkers is my favorite. I think back to as a kid, I've looked online, bonkers. And so, because the era is many times to when we felt good. It was the good old days. But really, if we think back to the good old days, you know what we're really saying? Is when we were, felt connected to people. We felt connected with space. And everything wasn't so busy that we could breathe a little bit. Matthew 22 breaks this down really well. Verse 34, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, now Jesus, master with the wordplay, he created, he is the word, showed up, and now he's got people trying to critique him, ask him questions about the resurrection, he silences them. Now the Pharisees, a group of individuals that know religious rules really well. Now when we think of religion, Many times we were like, I love Jesus, but I hate religion. And though that's contextually true, uh, linguistically, that in our language definition, that's not true. Now, religion by itself just simply means this. It's just a statement of beliefs or views or values that somebody adholds to, all right? So religion by itself necessarily isn't bad, but how, what the baggage that comes with it, now that's pretty damning many times. And so the Pharisees, they have beliefs, but it's how they're exercising those beliefs that now the rules are ahead of the actual whole heartbeat of what God wanted to do, the essence of his steadfast love. Why did he give rules? Why did he give institution? Why did he have systems in order? It was always to free people and be with people. He's trying to restore that Eden-type experience to delight in him. That we would be connected in him, made in him. And so when we hear Pharisees, I, uh, I think it's too quick to dismiss them. When we would probably find ourselves, if we were one of them, want to be the rule followers because, we, hey, there's one true God. You got to do it this way. And so now this newbie comes on the scene. We don't know where his background comes from. I sure can't find his degree papers. And he's Jesus. You can see how they would say that. But if they would have understood, if they would have humbled themselves, they could have found freedom in Jesus and that they could find new life. And in fact, some Pharisees would convert to the faith and Pharisees would find themselves in Jesus Christ. And so that's so cool because I think sometimes we can dismiss this group of people as just, I one, I could never be like them and how dare. And then two, that God doesn't love them. He loves them, but he understands that they're, they've been misrepresenting him so bad that he's got to come pretty harsh and pretty bold because he's drawn a line about what is most important and he's showing what the kingdom of God looks like. And so these Pharisees, they gathered together in verse 35 and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God 
with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all of the law and the prophets. And that little phrase, all of the law and all the prophets, what it meant was you go back to the old school. You go back when you think the good old days that this sums up it all. This is how good it is. And this is where this phrase comes in. Maybe you've heard of it, love God, love people. You know, you go to a Christian website, it's like, we love God, love people. And it's, you hear that information, oh, I met that one person, they don't love God, love people well. And it's kind of just text now, it doesn't feel real, but it's so real to love God and to love people. To love God and to love people. That's a profound truth. To love God and to love people. To love God and to love people. How beautiful is that? Wouldn't that be something if that was said of us? to love God and to love people? Is that somebody looked at your life and they said, that person loves God and they love people. Can you think of a better description of your life? Now, I was visiting somebody from the church this week and I just couldn't, they invited me over for dinner. It was awesome. But the setting was unique. So I wanted to pull up a picture here and I said, whoa, how are we going to eat? And uh, I'm just kidding. It's not really somebody from the church. Um, if you didn't laugh earlier, one that says two things, you don't, you don't know my humor that well, or two, this is your house. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, anyways, obviously this person has a little bit of a condition we could say, but I can kind of see how a hoarder could get there because you just hold on to things and you hold on to things. You're holding on to things because in each one of us is this space that longs to be filled. And it's a space that's only reserved for God and how we love people in him. And it's this space that has gotten so cluttered and filled with nonsense and junk and life has beat, it us, beat us up so much that we don't even want to clean house anymore. We don't even know how to take inventory. And we're looking at our hearts and we're seeing all these issues in everybody else that we don't even know where to start. We don't know how to dream again. We don't know how to clean house. And, and today I, I want us to prioritize as Jesus did um, what is most important, to love him and to love people. We know that this is, is that God is love. He doesn't do love. He is love. So it's what he does. So when we hear the word love, it's not some cheesy um, song that you can't relate to, that you don't identify with. Sorry, R&B, sometimes that's how I feel, right? R&B is a real genre. It's awesome. But, you know, listening to it with your boys, it's a little awkward, you know? This is love. It's like, yeah, you know? Girl, you know, it's hard. But, but if you, that's your only definition of love. But when you start studying Jesus, you realize his love looks a lot different. His love looks like serving when he shouldn't. His love looks like giving when no one's given to him. His love looks like sacrifice when he's being accused for something he didn't do. His love looks like dying on the cross and then taking the punishment and the wrath for sin. That's love. And we think of love, that's the type of love that uh, is, is, is deserving of us to create space in our life, create, create clean, clean environments. There's a couple uh, things that I think bring us attention. First one would be this, you got to prioritize. How do you love God and love people? You got to prioritize. Now we're going to take a little test. Now this is a test that my father-in-law had me take when I, we weren't even dating at the time. Um, but my wife now, and uh, Crystal, 
she came and visited us in Grand Rapids at a Gus Smacker tournament. And there was, weather was bad, so it got canceled on the Saturday, and we were hanging out at the hotel, and they came, and, uh, you know, obviously, like a good parent, uh, her dad, Arturo, wanted to know, where are you going? She's like, oh, it's this good Christian boy. Oh, really? Put him on the phone. And uh, I'm like, oh, man. Get on the phone. Hey, how you doing? Uh, yep, yep, name Jerome, yep. So you love Jesus? Yep, love Jesus. Uh, do you know the Ten Commandments? I'm like, what? Is he serious? He's like, yeah, can you tell me the time? I was like, that's a pretty fair question. I'm like, uh, do you have all the guys? And I start running through them all. I got, them, I got a few. And he's like, okay, I'll have her home by midnight. I was like, Phew. I love it. That was a great sign. Good parenting, curfew, good order. But we're going to take a little test this morning. It's going to be a little bit modified for my father-in-law's test. We're going to see if we pass the Ten Commandments. Not if we know them. Do we pass them? All right, you ready? Who here likes school? Okay, we had like seven in the last service. Now I, I knew I'm all about the 11 o'clock. All right, first one is this. Do not have any other God before God. That means to worship something else. If you ever found your life feeling like, oh, I can't go on, no, no, no. It's a good sign that something's before God. I lose that one. Number two, do not make yourself an idol. Now, an idol is a term we don't use nowadays, but if you go across the globe, people are still carving images and worshiping things, created things. In fact, Romans 1 tells us that, you know, all of creation proves God exists, but they've chosen to worship the creation more than the creator. Think of it. You have people that worship trees, people creating religions over any type of thing, and we get thrown in the category with Scientology, who was written by a science fiction writer. They're like, oh, you guys are all the same. No, we're really not. That's kind of weird. Like you're worshiping like a little tiny dude that's overweight and he's not here anymore. Like, like it's different, right? I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's really sad. But here's the thing. We really care about them too and God cares about them too. And so we have idols the same way. Our idols look a little differently. It might not look like a statue that sits on our thing or some vase or some holy and there's beads or whatever. Like, but here's what we do. It might look like a football helmet and us, it's just like our God. If they lose, has anybody ever felt this? They lose, you can't even move on. You know, it's like, you can't move. I felt that. I've wondered what's wrong with me if I should get counseling before. I felt that. I remember crying when I was 13 years old when the Buckeyes lost to Michigan in overtime. The Fab Five went, anyways. It was deep. But oh, I, I love it. Go blue, man. Go blue. Who cares? Number three, do not take the Lord's name in vain. Whoop. Done. Uh, four, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. In fact, when they weren't uh, resting on the Sabbath day, people could be killed because they weren't honoring God's plan. Number five, honor your mother and father. Uh, number six, now you might, whew, okay. One through five, I'm done. Uh, do not murder. Yes, I passed one. Really? Well, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said if you have hate in your heart towards another person, in your brother, um, that you've committed murder. It's profound. Why would he be that bold? And then seven, uh, do not commit adultery. If you've lusted after somebody and wanted them, that is adultery. Uh, eight, do not steal. Do not testify. Or in nine, fear false witness against your neighbor. In ten, last but not least, 
man, their boat looks amazing. It'd be great if I had one. Must be nice. Do not covet. Must be nice, right? You know, must be nice. I try to catch myself if I think that because that's a mindset. I should be happy if somebody gets something. So I've been trying to catch myself uh, for 14 years now. Man, I'm happy. You got something? Let's celebrate it. I hope you get double. I hope you get triple. Why do I care? I would want people to have things, right? Must be nice. Must be nice. No, it, it is nice and grateful for you. And I got things too. So this test, we fail. Now as Jesus is coming uh, to understand the law and as they're understanding the old prophets and the law and they're getting things in order, they're understanding the different types of laws. God has, has so many laws and it, it gets lost in today's thing because we're thinking, okay, law, I'm not liking the laws that I'm seeing nowadays. We want to break free many times. Well, as God gives laws, it's a lot different. And I'm going to talk about that. Now, there's three types of laws. The first is just a little bit of school here is first would be moral laws. Second would be ceremony laws. And the third would be civil or judicial laws. Now, moral law, it relates to justice and judgment and are often translated ordinances. Now, the purpose uh, is to promote the welfare of those who obey. The value of the laws is considered obvious by reason in common sense. The moral law encompasses regulations on justice, respect, sexual conduct, and includes the Ten Commandments. It also includes penalty for failure to obey the ordinances. Now, what type of judge would God be if he was just wishy-washy? Now, he creates these laws and he holds true to his standards. And, and this is why the need for the gospel is so profound, because if, if you don't pass that test, the stakes are really high. And to prioritize of what it means to not pass God's law is a separation with God forever. And now we find ourselves, Brad, is that you? You back in town for this weekend? Dude, what's up, brother? Dude, it's bittersweet, man. Brad's moving down to where, North Carolina? Yeah, Charlotte. Well, that's awesome. We're going to be Skyping. Long time. Yeah, dude. He's uh, dude, here for launch. City life. They, it's just great, man. We love you. It's great to see you. Um, now, the point of this is that it points people to Christ. It merely illuminates the state of our fallenness. And so what this does is it sets the stage where I need a savior. I'm guilty. I need to get out. I got to call a lawyer. This is how Jesus starts to operate. Then you have ceremonial laws, which means a custom of the nation it has to refer to the work through Israel and specific regulations of how to, you know, diet and clothing and, and circumcision and firstborns and Sabbath and Passover and all of these different things to show that they're separate from the world. Now, we, 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 we got Christ now, so we're like, I'm in the world, and I can just do whatever I want. Wait, 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 wait a second. I got Christ means I can go anywhere, and all things are clean, and all things are new, but it doesn't mean that I'm like every setting that I have to walk into. Just because I walk into a bar doesn't mean I need to get drunk. It means that I'm full of the Holy Spirit, and I'm trying to tell somebody today about Jesus Christ, and there's a better thing that they can drink. You get it? It's different. So you have the ceremonial law, and then you have judicial laws which have to do with uh, things like, this includes from murder to restitution for a man gored by an ox, the responsibility of a man who dug a pit to rescue his neighbor's trapped donkey, um, all of these different rules and requirements. So what is God doing in these different types of laws? This is how the Pharisees understand it. And so you know what they do? They have a checklist. They want to know, is this person of the gospel? I mean, Jesus, this newcomer, he shows up on a scene. Is he, is he about it? Why doesn't he rep the checklist? 
Doesn't he know we got a serious ordinance? And for us, that's where we find ourselves. Wouldn't it be easier to just kind of follow God with our checklist? God, can't you just wake me up with a to-do step-by-step, an anti-sin path? Doesn't this how it works? God, why do I always feel bad when I make a mistake? Well, I, I, it seems like I want to do one thing and I do another thing, Paul, right? Is it all these different, this wrestle is because God's not trying to make it a step-by-step. And this is where we got to be really, really, really aware. And there's a serious danger here. It's because once we're in Christ, we want to make it just this, this beautiful, systematic thing when God wants it to be this organic, relational thing that he's with you, that he's loving you, and he wants you to love people. And when you love people, not every setting is going to be the same. Not everybody grew up the same. Not everybody had the same background and walk, and it is going to be tough. It is going to be messy, but it's worth it, and it's beautiful. And so he, that's why he paints imagery like a family, so people start to get it. He makes, you know, he's our dwelling place. He's our house. We get it. The house requires attention. He tells us that we're like um, plants that grow, that need to abide in the vine. And so therefore, it requires attention, right? So your life requires attention. So burn this idea that God is somehow uh, the checklist. God is a rhythm and he's a season and he's beautiful and he's constant throughout it all. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what that means is he's the stabilizing factor when you feel like you can't. And he's the stabilizing factor when you feel like you can because your strength came from him. And he's the one that's been winning the whole time. And Jesus, what he did is he completed the test for us. This is why it's so good. This is why it's so good. The fact that he fulfilled that, and by faith, we can have all of that right standing with God. So when we walk into the courtroom, they're like, are you forgiven? Best believe it. I'm beloved by Jesus. And Jesus steps in, he grabs us, and he's like, come on, he passes us right through, and we get to just celebrate. And if you've watched people when they've gotten their guilty verdict, it's, it looks a lot different. Tears, horrific. My heart breaks any settings I've ever seen with that. It's horrible. And so we get the context of what God does for us. It's so freeing. It's so amazing. So we prioritize to understand we're guilty. We've been forgiven. And so now I want to prioritize Jesus. This is so beautiful. God, people, eternal life. See, the hoarder's house is it's like our life. We got to take inventory. We pick up things, and if we don't calibrate along the way and enter the new school where it's about the old school, people, and God, and we'll take some junk into the next season. Now, if you got a phone call today and somebody really close to you passed or was sick, your to-do list would get really short. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't even matter what was happening. Period. I think it's a filter, not to scare us, but I think it's a good filter to think, should I be doing this? What do I want to be said? If, when I'm not here, what would I want people to say when they get up at the mic? You know, if you've been to a funeral, if someone's really stretching. I mean, I don't want the stretching to try to think of compliments for the person. Yeah, I, I loved them. They had a good heart. There's like no specific stories. But when you get up there, if you've ever been a part of a legendary funeral, it's crazy. Um, the, 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 the nuances of this person's life and how it, the ripple effect was. Man, they didn't realize this, but they picked me up one time. They shared some words with me, and it changed my decision of where I was going to live or be with somebody. And I, I, I didn't get to fully tell them, but I just want you to know that this is the impact it had for me. And I flew, you know, 10 states away. To, it's like, whoa, this person's life mattered, right? And do I want them to say that, man, he was such a great Mario Kart player, which I am. And do I want them to say, man, he was so good, you know, lost Ocarina of Time. He spent about, you know, 
75 hours on it? Was that with Zelda? He knew everything about it. Was that, was that so good? Is that, wow, he was the best at that. It was so good. Every once in a while, he would just leave his kids at the bus stop and forget him. I mean, it was awesome, right? This is crazy, but that, the only way we don't do these things is we have to pause and say, man, I've missed the marks. Some I'm sorry's and man, I want to make it right. I need God to, you know, clean house here. It takes vulnerability, doesn't it? To prioritize. But think back to the best moments in your life, like bonkers. Think back to the best moments. I would dare venture that it is in, the setting includes either people or God, and typically both, because God is always present, but whether we are acknowledging him or not. And the best moments I can ever think was we were with people or God was doing something crazy in my life. So why don't I create more space for that? So to clean house, I mean, we got to prioritize. Second thing would be create more space. Some water for me in this season has been, when we were dreaming about this series, we were thinking, okay, summer in Michigan flies by. And it's great that we have four seasons. I love it. But boy, I would love for an extended period for summer. You know, can we just extend that a little bit? And how do we maximize the summer? And how do we maximize it in the gospel? What would God care most about? He would care that we're letting him love us. And he would care that we're loving each other. So we're thinking, okay, we got to get off the grid, get offline. We got to create some space. And a couple of people I follow, it was really cool to see this confirmation take place. Uh, Pastor Noel from Riverview, awesome uh, man. Uh, I've got to have several conversations with him uh, at the haircuts place and different things. And um, just really cool. But he checks off in, in July. And I got to see that as well. And I thought, hmm, that's pretty powerful. That's right when we're about to. And then I saw uh, Pastor Brian from Engedi Church, um, who's came out here uh, to visit a couple times. We went out there, did an offsite. They're in Holland, Michigan. Incredible story. God gave them a Kmart building, a church plant like 10 years ago, doing just remarkable things. But we're faithful in, in this building for like seven years with a couple, few hundred people and just being diligent. And then they got a, a Kmart building donated to them. And now they're busting over a thousand. And just, just it's incredible. Um, that, but he, they're checking off in July, August time frame. I thought, hmm, this is a good confirmation that I need to check off further. In his last week, when, when I deactivated some of my social media accounts, I remember thinking, uh, what do I do now? <laughs> but now, a week later, haven't even thought about it. It's because it started creating space to let God love me. You ever heard of the acronym KISS? Keep it super simple. For some, maybe keep it simple stupid. And, uh, well, I think we need a little kiss in our life. Back to the basics, just some kiss. To, because here's what, there's, there's studies that show this, that the more we're on online, we compare, we stare, and there's the, the, as the time increases, insecurity, depression increases. If you, most studies you'll find, it's normally associated negatively. Now, we have to stop for a moment and say, my house doesn't look like the house they just bought. And that's either why consciously or subconsciously, now I'm feeling a little bit of a withdrawal. Must be nice. Must be nice. Must be nice. Pharisees, hey, I want to figure this whole thing out. Love God, love people. That's the post. Love God, love people. Your neighbor, love them. In fact, love them as you love yourself. And, and I'm going to teach you a little further. Love them as I have loved you. How has he loved us? There's a video here I want you to, it's kind of a, you know, bold 
um, display of social media. Check it. Did you know the average person spends four years of his life looking down at his cell phone? Kind of ironic, ain't it? How these touch screens can make us lose touch. But it's no wonder in a world filled with iMacs, iPads, and iPhones, so many eyes, so many selfies, not enough us's and we's. See, technology has made us more selfish and separate than ever. Cause while it claims to connect us, connection has gotten no better. And let me express first, Mr. Zuckerberg, not to be rude, but you should reclassify Facebook to what it is, an anti-social network. Cause while we may have big friend lists, so many of us are friendless all alone. Cause friendships are more broken than the screens on our very phones. We sit at home on our computers, measuring self-worth by numbers of followers and likes. Ignoring those who actually love us, it seems we'd rather write an angry post and talk to someone who might actually hug us. Am I bugging? You tell me, cause I asked a friend the other day, let's meet up face to face. They said, all right, what time you wanna Skype? I responded with OMG, SRS, and then a bunch of SMHs and realized, what about me? Do I not have the patience to have conversation without abbreviation? This is the generation of media overstimulation. Chats have been reduced to snaps. The news is 140 characters. Videos are six seconds at high speed. And you wonder why ADD is on the rise faster than 4G LTE, but Get a load of this. Studies show the attention span of the average adult today is one second lower than that of a goldfish. So if you're one of the few people or aquatic animals that have yet to click off or close this video, congratulations. Let me finish by saying you do have a choice. Yes, but this one, my friends, we cannot autocorrect. We must do it ourselves. Take control or be controlled. Make a decision, me. No longer do I want to spoil a precious moment by recording it with a phone I'm just gonna keep them I don't want to take a picture of all my meals anymore I'm just gonna eat them I don't want the new app, the new software, or the new update And if I want to post an old photo Who says I have to wait until Thursday? I'm so tired of performing in the pageantry of vanity And conforming to this accepted form of digital insanity Call me crazy, but I imagine a world where we smile when we have low batteries Cause that'll mean we'll be one bar closer To humanity Now as he's illustrating the points um, He's obviously, it's a, it's a hyperbole He's um, really uh, swinging the pendulum, right? Um, and as I think about technology Technology is so beautiful Okay, so um, here's, here's a point I wanna emphasize, is this, that technology is good, it's a tool to be used, not for the tool to use us. Wouldn't that be crazy if the hammer told you where you had to go, what you have to think about, what you had to do all day long? It'd be silly, it's silly, right? Well, that's the same thing, it's a hammer to connect you to people, um, to get you closer, it's a tool. Right, that you can use when you want to, but it becomes a place that we find refuge, we think, and it's messing up our house, it's messing up our time with God.
And so I remember the first time I uh, actually got a Facebook page. It was is amazing. Um, I was convinced by a, a pastor. Kevin told me it'd be a great way to connect with people, and it has been a prayer request, connecting with people. But every once in a while, I think it's really good to create some space. Now, if you're here today, you're like, "Well, I'm not even on social media." Uh, well, well, whatever. But you have some stuff in your life that you probably put in that that space is reserved for God. And when your day's long, you're struggling, you don't want to lay it down, you don't want to give it up, it's not easy to pick up something, uh, you, you know, the word. It's not easy to pick up a worship song and start playing it and say, I'm going to be still before the Lord because it's been a hard day. James 1 talks about that. Count all trials, right, as joy, that the trials in the persecution, it'll produce steadfastness and perfection and love and joy. And I only know that when I get there at the feet of God's word, the feet of Jesus and in his presence to really lay it down. Uh, to gain some perspective, there was a study done by uh, Reebok. They spent, um, they interviewed 9,000, research surveyed 9,000 people in nine countries. And you can check this picture out there. Um, they found out that over 71 years, uh, a person will live 25,915 days. The average term, uh, human spends 0.69% of their lives exercising, so less than 1%. 41% of their lives looking at a technological device. Get behind me, Satan. You feel me? Like, this is not the new school. So as technology comes, that, it's not the new school. It's people in God. Now, 29.7% of their lives will spend sitting down. 6.8% uh, of their lives socializing with family and friends. And for something that uh, so many think about all the time, they'll only spend less than a half, 0.45% uh, of their lives having sex. So for anybody that thinks that you're going to spend a lot of your life, well, studies say that you won't. Um, and there are some other interesting tidbits. Did you know that Mexicans are more proud of their bodies? The average uh, longest, they, they average the longest before breaking a New Year's resolution. And they laugh on average at 20 times per day. Perhaps all of these facts are related. Now, Americans challenge themselves to do something physically tough the most and spend the most money on fitness at, at $16.05 uh, per week, right? Get in the gym gains hashtag they are also the most adventurous trying something new about seven times per month now russians though they sleep the most per night and uh, also dance the most per month about 15 times per month that's crazy yeah russians now second timothy chapter 2 verse 19 it says this but god's firm foundation stands bearing the seal the lord knows those who are his and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity, depart from sin. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. This morning, would you let Jesus set your life apart? Would you let Jesus set your life apart? To remove some things, to get the clutter out of the way, that you were made for more. Verse 22, so flee 
youthful passions and pursue. So flee the nonsense, flee the junk, clean your house, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, having nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. You see any fights online lately? And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil and being captured by him to do his will. We have an option this morning to set our lives apart as fine dining, to be used in such a powerful way, or to just kind of be in the trash, as normal compost that would go, you know, you can be in the house and uh, you could be used for different things. But I know, I believe there's people here that you want to be used so desperately for God. You want your life to count. You want it on your last days to be said of you, well done, my good and faithful servant, to know that your, your life counted, it mattered. And, and it's, you got to hear this loud and clear. We get in through Jesus, period. Um, and I want to get in with Jesus, though, uh, with a lot of Jesus in me. And I want him to have a lot of, of me on this earth. And so it does take me checking off every once in a while. It's not always fun, but it's so beautiful when I check out and I understand that my heart, my soul, my mind was created to love God and to love people, our neighbors. And sometimes you got to deactivate some nonsense that is creating some foolishness in our life to get there, to create the space and prioritize. Live a life worth reading about. Be that this morning, to live a life worth reading about. One of the filters I use, and this isn't a scare tactic, but does this make it through the funeral test? Would I want something said about me that I'm doing? Oh, he was just a great Nintendo Switch player. It was so cool. You should have seen the Mario Kart adventures he did. The best funerals are those that, man, the way he poured into me, the way he loved me, the way she cared for me. When, you know, they'll never know the impact, but this is what it meant to me when they opened their home and they, and they gave these dollars and they loved me when I wasn't lovable. That's the kind of stuff I want to hear said. Amen? Something awesome. So in closing, you know how history repeats itself? Clothing has repeated itself. Weird mustaches have repeated itself. Um, props to the beard game. Beard game came and started repeating itself. I've even picked up a little bit here, but it, it is good to kind of go and, and get back to the old and our favorite candy, because what sometimes we'll find is that it's, it's, it's the new. The old is the new. And so the ancient, ancient God, oh God, people believe in God. Yeah, yeah, God, he's the new thing. He's the good thing. So the new thing is to love God and love people. That's the new thing. That's where we're going. See, technology will come, widgets will be created, fidget spinners, right? But the Spirit of God will reign and live forever. So spending time with God, we feel all the troubles and all the cares and all the pain fade away. Lay it all down. Now, I have a dare for each person here this morning. More like a challenge. Would you be a rebel? Would you be just so crazy to this world that they think you're nuts? They can't believe how reckless you're living. And the recklessness I'm talking about is you love God and you love people. You want to stand out in a culture today? You start loving God and loving people. That, that's, what, that's how you'll stand out. You really love them. I'm talking really, really love them. 
And it takes a minute to let your ear hear, but, but I want your ear to hear where we're going. We're going to heaven. We're going to spend eternity with God. And it takes a minute to develop some new habits, to get this junk out of your life. Some say it takes 21 days. And so maybe you're like, I'm going to get offline for 21 days. I'm going to start putting good things in my life to cultivate the grace that I have, to cultivate the gospel, to cultivate who Jesus is. And would you hear the voice of God this morning? Here's what the voice of God is saying. I really believe this. Come spend time with me. I love you. I want to fill you up. Now, for some of us, we need some serious hurt healing. And um, here's what I mean. We're, I talked to somebody uh, this last week, and they said they went through a period in their life where they were in that uh, F you God season. So we'll call it the forget God season. And then they realized that they needed Jesus so bad. And I, I, I was thinking about that, and I was like, I think even sometimes Christians, they don't realize it or not, but they're in the forget God season. And that's why we even fill our houses with the junk. And if you even empathize with a hoarder and maybe you're here and you're a hoarder and we, we want to help that seriously, like um, you got you didn't create space in your life because you're holding value to something that is so dear to you. You don't want to let it go at all. But whether there's something so great, that's how good God is when we let go. Faith is that beautiful. We're not foolish. We're not silly. In fact, if you want to call us fools for Christ, that's great. But you know what? We are amazing. We're an aroma of those that's living. But to the world, it's a perishing aroma. We will live and reign forever. And how you do that, how do you really love God, love people, clean house? I really think it comes down to this. Whoever's forgiven of much loves much. And if we remember the test of how much we've been forgiven of, we will love much. So we need that good old-fashioned just that old school, talking old school, back in the day. You know what we need? That back in the day grace that's still here for today. Because the grace that saved me then is the grace that saves me now. And it's the grace that sustains me for tomorrow. And Jesus died for your sins, knowing that you'd sin tomorrow. And so it's a good thing. You don't have to run from God. You can run to him and you can be welcomed into the new school. Now, August is a good time. Because it's month eight and people get ready for the fall. Emily's getting ready to go to YWAM. It's going to be a huge change and transition. We got some people, you know, we're thinking about school, dropping kids off. Woo! Giselle's going to enter preschool three days a week. Um, it's just a new thing. We're getting ready, gearing up fall. And it's going to come fast, right? Fall, busyness, work, work, you know, it's going to come fast. Rhythm, church, church attendance typically uh, picks up back in fall. And it's just all the things pick up in fall. What would it look like if you used your August to set your life apart, to get ready for all the things that God wants to do in your life, to create the space and to prioritize? Now, would you stand with me this morning? And um, here's the kind of the pledge I want to make is we're going to find somebody's hand and we're going to hold them. So we're going to just keep close in the line in the aisle here and we're going to hold them. And we're going to hold. And we're going to pray together. And this is just a symbolic way for us to say, okay, God's value system is different than the world's value system. The prince of the airwaves is trying to show us so much ridiculous junk. But God is trying to liberate us to get us back to the, the great times in our life, which was about people in Him. God, we unite our hearts today and we knit our lives today. And God, we remember that it's about you 
and it's about people. And God, we want to be people that can say, we know you. God, we want to be people that someone would say at our funeral, check out the screen, this is what I would want them to say, that we're loved by God and love people. Now, people always say, love God, love people. You know how you love God? You let him love you. That we would be people loved by God that love people. That would be remarkable. Not what we have, not what we did, but whose we let own us and carry us. And that we saw that you care most about people. God, thank you for your mercy this morning. God, thank you for your forgiveness. Someone doesn't know you, man. I pray that they would repent and come to the saving knowledge to know that you bring new life. God, take our lives for you are good. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Come on. Come on. Amen, right? Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.